0: Hey everybody, Craig here from the University of Applied Research and Development, and we're here with our veteran stories, difference makers, and I'm here with the veteran John. Hi, how you doing, John? Doing
1: great. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. And who's your um, your team member? I can hear in the background there.
1: Oh, one of my dogs. Jeez. <laughs> All time you and I were talking pre-show, they didn't make a peep. But as, soon as we go live, they want to start barking. <laughs>
0: That's right. They want to be in on the in on the mission. Yeah. Right. Thanks so much for being with us here. I'd love for you to share your motivation for getting into the military.
1: Yeah, so I'm a little bit of a different story. Um, so I served uh, from '93 to '96, uh, United States Army. I, I actually joined because I was in a really bad place in my life. Um, I wasn't really a good person, and the whole the whole purpose of joining was so that I could go to war and shoot somebody. I was really messed up in the head, um, and had actually previous to that been signed up to go to air force, but then I got sick and they disqualified me from going back into the air force and the army made it happen and got me in. So, um, and of course, you know, in the nineties we had the Gulf war and we had Somalia and it was so funny because I ended up missing everything.
0: So, wow!
1: Yeah. So that was really my motivation. And, uh, so I went into the infantry, I did ranger school, airborne school, air assault school, did everything right. I could to be ready to go and then never went anywhere.
0: Wow. And you did that and you did a you did a, um, a tour for five years, if I'm not mistaken, and then you went back again. Is that correct?
1: So I did a tour for three years and then spent three. 20 um, teaching special forces hand-to-hand combat and shooting skills.
0: Wow. Well, I'd love for you to share some of your experiences over that long period of time.
1: Yeah, so I, was, uh, I, I ended up getting out in 96, went to college. While I was in college, um, fell in love with the sport of mixed martial arts, Started, and I had a martial arts background prior to the military. Um, ended up, you know, by accident, finding a fight club that was doing professional fights, and so I started fighting. Uh, fought all the way through my college years um, on the side, you know, making a couple of grand here, a couple of grand there. Um, ended up having, sorry about that. Ended up having like seventy pro fights. Wow. Um, and then in two thousand, moved back to Fort Campbell where I served, and the military then asked me to begin to help with hand-to-hand combat. Um, And I think, you know, when I look back at 20 years of serving with that unit as a civilian, um, probably the most impactful thing was I ran a course about a month before 9-11. When 9-11 happened, one of the very first casualties of that war was one of my students. Uh, he, He got hit in friendly fire and it was at that point that I realized what I was doing really made a difference. It wasn't just a job. It wasn't just about skill sets.
0: Mm-hmm. Like what
1: I was doing actually mattered. Um, and, it, and it it was the first time I'd had anything like that really happened to me as well. So, um, and then there was just a bunch of other stuff. I'll tell you another funny one. Um, my which son was this? This was Samuel. Had to be Samuel. Yeah. My oldest son um, was notorious for sleeping in odd places. Um, He would just fall asleep in weird places. And, you know, typically it wasn't really a big issue, but on this particular day, he had just gotten old enough to where he could reach the door and could turn the door. And so my wife was you know, at the time, my wife was, you know, trying to keep him in the house and whatnot. And so she was doing something and she came back in to the house and he was gone. And she knew that he had reached the door. So she thought he went outside. Um, after about 30 minutes of not being able to find him, she gives me a call and she's like, I can't find Samuel. Um, I was like, what? what do you mean you can't find Samuel? She's like, he's big enough now. I think he got out and is walking somewhere in the neighborhood. So I was in the middle of training the unit that I was at. And I was like, guys, it it looks like my son has gotten outside and my wife can't find him. Uh, Crazy, I know, but I've got to cancel the rest of training. And I've I've got to go help her find him. It was probably one of the most impactful experiences of my life. Because those guys packed their bags, made a convoy, followed me to my neighborhood, and set up a search cordon for my son. Wow!
0: Um,
1: and were walking wow. up and down streets with me until we found him. And we found wow. him. He was in between the headboard um, and the divider underneath my bed, tucked underneath the bed. So we would have never found him. <laughs> you know. Um, but those were the men that I, that I served, and they wow. were the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. So,
0: Wow, how impacting.
1: Yeah, very impactful people.
0: And so that was 20 years you were, you were training for yeah. the Special Forces team. And um, so you would not have gone on a deployment with them. You were based no. in the States. I training. was based
1: in the States but did two rotations to Afghanistan independently so
0: can you say that again
1: yeah so i um so i was a civilian so i never deployed but i did two rotations in afghanistan training uh people in afghanistan
0: okay so you were in country in afghanistan training the people that you train okay what was that like
1: uh that was pretty crazy because uh i didn't have an escort i was sleeping on the town <laughs> you know like yeah. it was it was a pretty crazy trip for sure um you know and you you really uh figure out pretty quickly why we were there so um not really a safe place and you know a lot of people over there a lot of people doing a lot of things um that don't happen in the west
0: right yeah were you in a safe compound or were you out in community out.
1: I was in the community, so I was wow. not on the compound.
0: How did you? How long were you there each time? A month. Okay, it's long enough for something untoward to happen.
1: Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, when uh, we had a meeting, um, and we had to delay the meeting because the city was in the midst of a protest, uh, a riot. Um, I had another situation when we landed. There was a car bomb that went off. So I mean, you really quickly got a sense of how dangerous it really is there. So, yeah.
0: mm. and you are still, even now, you're you're um, you're helping veterans. I understand you have a business now which is focused on veterans. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about what you're doing now?
1: Well, so it's more of my side hustle just because I love it. Uh, it's not really my full time gig, but so there for veterans, there's an entire assortment of benefits that we get that most people don't know about. Um, And when I found out about it and I found out about all these different like tricks that veterans can use to save money and travel, I was like, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody telling people about this? If you had told me when I was in that I could go to the Bahamas for a week for, for just the cost of taxes, I'd have been there every single year. (laughs) veteran and so i do go every single year (laughs) because now i know about it right and so you know i started i started in 2016 when i realized i was traveling a lot for the military i was in afghanistan i was you know doing all these different stuff which all came out of my pocket and i was like surely there Mm -hmm. has to be a, a, a a far less expensive way to travel and that's where tactical traveler came from
0: Wow. And you've got a Facebook group and it's got over 2,000 people in there.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I've got, um, I started uh, doing a lot on Facebook. Uh, As you can see there, did you know, active duty veterans and their dependents get a complimentary stay in Atlantis. Um, And it's just the cost of taxes. Like there's no timeshare stuff. There's no like you get there and you got to spend X amount of money. It's legitimately you fill out this form. You prove that you serve or are, have served, and then you book. Um, and so I, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. I have another Facebook group with 20,000 in it uh, that's also travel-based, but for not for military. So um,
0: I just – I'd like to bring that up. Is it the live and travel?
1: Yeah, live and travel. That's right.
0: Okay. Let's put that up in case people are um... – people are interested in doing this and sharing with family and friends who are not military. Yeah. Is this one?
1: Yep, that's the one. Oh, 13. Okay. Man,
0: COVID has hurt me. (laughs) That's a lot of people. So you had five years, sorry, three years in the Army and then 20 years working with special operations and training people, and then two times in Afghanistan and living, wow, a month each time in the community. There's, there's a lot you've done. And um, while you were doing the the training with the special operations people, you set up this, this side, side hustle at that time?
1: Yep. Yeah. In 2016, um, it's kind of funny uh, the way things happen. But in 2015, I was looking at the contract that I was on for the government. I knew that it was up for renewal coming soon. Um, and as I looked across the United States political landscape and 2015, um, I thought there was no way that we were going to have another Republican president uh, based on who won the nomination. Um, and, you know, most most military people know that Democrats tend to cut budget for the military instead of expand budget. So in 2015, I realized I didn't have an exit strategy after 15 years um, and did not think I would be back. So I was like, I better figure out something to make money quickly, and so I asked myself, "What do I love to do?" I love to travel, uh, and so here we are. <laughs> you know. So.
0: And then you had a Republican president.
1: And then I had a Republican president, and and all the way until COVID, got to keep my contract. It was, you
0: wow. know. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. Uh,
1: yeah. So it's kind of so funny how that
0: worked. Have you finished up now doing the training?
1: Yeah. So uh, in 2020, obviously with the global pandemic, um, mm-hmm. you know, the federal guidelines were you couldn't be within six feet. And many of the soldiers were home for three to six months, not coming into work. And, and the unit, which I absolutely loved, was just like, hey, we we can't continue to pay you guys to stay at home. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty tough. Yep. So for you now, is this your absolute focus now as the tactical traveler?
1: No. So it's still just uh, a side hustle because I love travel. And, you know, uh, maybe had COVID not happened, it would have been full-time focus. Hmm. But I'm a guy that kind of rolls with the bunches and believe things happen for for a reason and the way they happen. Um, And I ended up getting introduced to the company I'm with now. uh, And I do consulting full-time now.
0: OK, consulting in travel or in no, uh,
1: sales, business, mindset, uh, bring a lot of the experience from the military to yeah. what I've been doing.
0: So. Mm. Just just as we as we wrap up, what is something that you would say to someone who's maybe in the military and they're transitioning into civilian life from your mindset perspective? What's important to get to get right or to work on, on the mindset as you move back into regular life?
1: Yeah, that's super important question, actually. So, you know, the common soldier now getting out of the army has spent anywhere from three to 20 years in war. Mm. And they're far more qualified than what the market is paying them for. And so the first thing I would say is don't settle. Um, you guys are worth way more than what most people are paying you. Don't settle. Um Uh, The second thing is, is if you're looking at transitioning uh, roughly two years out, you need to be looking at an exit strategy that allows you to make real money, Um, you know, and this is not happening for a lot of our men and women who served. Um, So figure it out. What can you do? Maybe it's not the most enjoyable thing to you, but figure out what you can do that can pay you what you're worth because you're more worth more than what most are paying. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is why I love being an entrepreneur and, you know, creating my own streams of income. So I'm not dependent upon somebody else to pay me 20 bucks an hour. Like, you know, you could, you know, I just, for for most of the men and women that have served for the last 20 years, that's such an insult to me. Uh, They're worth so Mm -hmm. much more than that, but that's what the market is offering a lot of them.
0: We we really recognise that in the university. It's why we started. It's why we were founded, is to help people who have they're in different professions and industries. They have skill sets. They have training. They have certifications. They have all this experience. They have their current role they're doing, and there's all those responsibilities, yep. leadership, communication, planning, time management, all of those amazing things that is very hard to actually quantify. But through getting some subject matter experts, you can see that they, they've they already achieved a lot of the learning outcomes yep. that, that are in a degree or in a master's degree. And if we can focus on the academics, they can finish their degree faster, move on to their uh, career progression that they wish to go through, paid more money, more opportunities, things like that. What are some of those skill sets that you've just said you know, you're highly trained. You're worth far more than someone's actually going to pay you. What are some of those skill sets that veterans need to go? Wow, light bulb! I've got that. I can use that.
1: Yeah, I would. I would really boil that down to three things. Um, the number one thing is that in most businesses, they absolutely suck at time management and vision to get the mission accomplished. Right? Um, military folks understand time management and what it takes to accomplish a mission better than anybody that I know, okay? mm-hmm. So that's the first one. The second one is the ability to just endure the suck. Um, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Like veterans can just, uh, you know, been through worse. Um, right. And then the third thing that they all do well is they grind. And all of those things lend themselves to being either more of a, a mid-level manager, making 85 grand a year, um, or to be a highly skilled sales rep, making mm-hmm. over 100 grand a year, um, or to be executives where mm-hmm. their entire role is managing larger teams. All of those mm-hmm. things, if they doctor their resumes correctly, they could do. But truthfully, anybody that served that has the gumption can sell. And selling's one of the the top paying professions in the world. So right. I just think there's there's so much more opportunity out there for us than what we've ever been told.
0: I um, was struggling a little bit to identify some of the skill sets and different roles and different branches of the military, and one of our master's students, uh, Bryce, who works with hazard management, um, he's an incredible guy, incredible veteran, and he um, alerted me to the crosswalks or Crosswalk website where you can see all of the different branches of the military, all the different job descriptions. It has the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, the training and different roles and responsibilities that that are similar to that. That was incredibly helpful. Are there resources that um, uh, active service personnel can look at now that can help them prepare and identify some of those careers and skills?
1: Yeah. So, you know, at least for the Army, I don't know about the other branches, but they've started these career skill bridges um, to help place right. them in jobs that can that can actually pay them a living wage. Um, the TAP program. Again, I'm, I'm an Army guy, so I'm, I'm more familiar with the Army programs than some of the other ones. Uh, and then the O2O program. So there are several opportunities out there for veterans or soon to be veterans to where they can really kind of figure out. Where do they want to go? Mm -hmm. Um, And the Army has recognized that, by and large, our guys are not getting paid what they're worth. How do we fix that? So um, I would assume the other branches are as well.
0: Mm. John, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your service. I really appreciate what you're doing, and you are a difference maker. I really want to thank you for sharing your business and the mindset. Um, What's the best way for people to get hold of you after this. I've got your LinkedIn profile with the show notes. That'll be on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere else. But is that the best way through LinkedIn or is there somewhere
1: (laughs) Yeah, LinkedIn or just hit me up at john at johnlincoln.com.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Really appreciate you.
1: Thanks a lot for having me on.
0: And thanks, everybody. If you're watching the recording, remember in the show notes, we've got the link. Uh, to John's um, LinkedIn profile I'll go through and I'll edit the notes also on the YouTube channel and make sure that we've got your website there as well John and so we look forward to having you visit us again on our next Veterans Story Difference Makers and if you are a veteran or you are the family of a veteran remember that uh, UARD we are VA approved and so you can gain your degree or your master's with us and we'd love to help you achieve that so you can move on and get paid absolutely what you're worth and have those career opportunities and whatever corporation or business you're working in as well so be safe thanks very much